what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Wrestling with Jonners. This is episode 53 and today we're going to be focusing on this week's NXT and NXT UK. Uh, before we start uh, with all the reviews, we've got all the social media plugs of course. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do. Just go on to Twitter and search with Jonners underscore pod. On Instagram, you can find us there as well. Uh, Instagram.com forward slash Wrestling with Jonners. And of course, you can uh, find our ever popular, ever interactive Facebook group. Go on to Facebook and search Wrestling With Jonners. And of course, if you're listening on Apple iTunes, please don't forget to leave a five-star rating. And of course, uh, if you do, uh, then we'll uh, happily give you a shout out on a future episode of the podcast. Um, and if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please don't forget to hit like, subscribe, share and shout about the Wrestling With Jonners podcast. This is the only podcast for all of your weekly NXT, NXT UK, WWE and all-round wrestling needs. Uh, so please spread the word tell your friends and tell your family like i like to say every single week and help to grow this podcast so that we can continue to produce quality content for you each and every week well like most weeks uh, i have a, a guest to host and uh, this week is no different and uh, this week we have kieran reed back on the podcast uh, kieran was meant to have joined us last week um, but uh, due to circumstances beyond his control he was unable to but we got kieran back on the podcast this week so good afternoon kieran welcome back to the wrestling with podcast thank you glad to be back i'm sorry about last week as you said unforeseen circumstances kind of yeah, that's all right. That's all right. But uh, we're really happy to have you back. And uh, Kieran's going to be joining us on this week's podcast. We are going to be talking in detail about uh, NXT, NXT UK, two cracking shows uh, this week from the WWE Network. Um, but uh, before we start all of that, just uh, to, to kind of check in with Kieran, really. And um, we mentioned off air um, some of the wrestling shows that you're planning to see um, over the coming week or a couple of weeks. Uh, you mentioned something about a progress show. Now, we normally have you on to talk uh, progress whenever you uh, go to see progress live um you're off to see progress this coming uh, or, or next weekend i understand uh tell us a little bit about that and uh, who you're looking forward to seeing kieran so i'm going this weekend uh, oh, this weekend yeah yeah and um they've got a couple of guys coming over from the states and um, so you've got eddie kingston coming over uh who's fighting walter in newcastle on saturday but he's also going to be there sunday in manchester which is the one i'm going to yeah. Also got a girl called Hollyhead coming over. Where if you haven't watched episode ninety, which is now live on Progress on Demand, she makes a bit of a surprise entrance and a bit of an impact from what I hear. So I'm looking forward to seeing her against Lana Austin, I think it is, on Sunday, and she's against Candy Floss on Saturday. So awesome. yeah. good matches there from some of some of the people coming from abroad. You've also got Trent versus Robbo at Newcastle, uh, Manchester, which I think is going to be a good match. So let's see how that goes. Um, obviously, I know you're a big Robbo fan. Yeah, <laughs> love him. <laughs> Definitely. Actually, Trent wrestled since after he lost at Super Strong Start. So. Yeah, sounds like an amazing show, and that's this Sunday. Um, we spoke off air um, a bit about your your kind of progress show this coming sunday in manchester but next week is quite a big wrestling weekend for wrestling fans there's quite a quite a lot going on especially over in america uh, we've got a couple of shows to look forward to uh next saturday and one on sunday um so we spoke off air a little bit about next saturday is going to be a bit of a stacked lineup especially for uh fans of AEW and evolve um slash nxt because um AEW's latest kind of smaller uh show fight for the fallen is going to be uh, um airing 
on uh, fight.tv and um, uh, BR Sports, I understand, but Fight for the Fallen. So last weekend uh, we had Fighter Fest, which was another success for AEW. Not quite as uh, as big scale, as you know, brilliant as uh, Double or Nothing was, but still some good matches and some noteworthy uh, things to take away from Fighter Fest from last weekend. Fight for the Fallen next weekend, and that goes up um, head to head with uh, the Evolve 10th anniversary show. So although. Evolve announced their 10th anniversary show ahead of AEW's announcement of Fight for the Fallen. Um, Evolve or WWE have decided to air the Evolve 10th anniversary show on the WWE Network. Um, And of course, it airs the same time as AEW's Fight for the Fallen. Now, of course, uh, WWE have got ties with Evolve. Uh, they use Evolve as a little bit of a feeder system out on the Indies there, ran by uh, Gabe Sapolsky, who um, also helps backstage with the NXT product. So he does have kind of a bit of a uh, relationship there with uh, Triple H and all the NXT guys. So Evolve is, is kind of, yeah, part of a, the development system, you could say, for NXT and for the WWE. And, and a couple of the matches that have been announced for Evolve, the 10th anniversary show, uh, you've got uh, Adam Cole defending in his NXT, I think it's the, I think he's defended this championship um, against Akira Tozawa. Um, and uh, Matt Riddle is going to be going up against Drew Gulak. So we've seen Matt Riddle and Drew Gulak a couple of times on previous episodes of NXT, but certainly two good matches to look forward to there. As for Fight for the Fallen, I think the biggest match that's been announced is the uh, tag match um, involving uh, Cody and Dustin Rhodes versus uh, versus the Young Bucks. So that will be a fantastic match to look out for next Saturday uh, on Fight for the Fallen. What's your thoughts on these two shows, uh, Kieran? Um, I, I mean, I'll, I'll probably end up watching both, no doubt. Certainly looking forward to uh, the Evolve show. I haven't seen a lot from Evolve, but I know that um, a lot of the NXT stars have come from Evolve. Certainly Keith Lee, Matt Riddle, Johnny Gargano. Uh, they've all been part of that system. Uh, currently, you've got part of the uh, the NXT breakout tournament, Shane Strickland. Um, and uh, a f- one or two of those stars that are now part of NXT have also been a part of Evolve. And of course, Shane Str- Strickland used to be an Evolve uh, heavyweight champion. But what's your thoughts on these two shows? Which one kind of stands out to you in particular? And uh, will you be watching? Uh, I'll be watching the Evolve one, probably not Fight for the Fallen. Um, as we discussed off air, I haven't actually watched any of the AEW pay-per-views yet. I've only really seen reviews. Um, I'm still a bit ropey about AEW at the minute. I think they're trying too much to appear to a crowd that WWE aren't hitting, and it's not going too well for them at the minute. Okay. Uh, they're trying to pander to a different audience altogether as you if you've watched some of the other shows they're yeah. doing a lot more darker stuff and it's like direct shots at wwe they're doing it's only going to hurt them if they keep doing that they need to concentrate on what the company's actually supposed to be based on which is the wrestling everyone they've got signed to them is a fantastic wrestler and they seem to be just trying to do some sort of gimmick every other time in a match like you had the Triple H shot at Double or Nothing with the chair. Yeah. And then you had the unprotected chair shot this last weekend. Yeah. It's just it's risky stuff they don't need to do. They've got... It's run by four of the best talented people out there with the Young Bucks, Omega and Rhodes. And they've got a business. They've got a brain for the business. I mean, they went out and... 
they took over the Bullet Club and they made the Bullet Club bigger than it's ever been before. And now they've got this wrestling company. They just don't seem to be putting the same sort of thought into it. They seem to just want to push and push and push. So for me, it'll be evolve, I think, over fight for Fallen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll end up watching both, no doubt. I'm definitely looking forward to the uh, to the Evolve show. Um, I thought that Double or Nothing was a was a massive hit. To be honest with you, really, really enjoyed it. Um, but I, I, I do agree with your sentiments there. I, I think that they're trying a bit too hard um, to appease a, a certain group of wrestling fans. Um, I didn't think that the kind of the shot at Triple H with the kind of the Cody destroying the mock Triple H throne at Double or Nothing was necessary. I think, say, they, yeah, they, they they seem to be trying a bit too hard uh, to have shots at WWE. Exactly as you just said, I thought the unprotected chair shot at uh, this past weekend's uh, Fighter Fest was completely unnecessary, very very dangerous, and that's the sort of thing you know that that was popularised 20, 25 years ago. Uh, but uh, now they're in kind of the 2000s and 2019. I just think that you know that that's massively outdated um, for someone not to bring up their hands with a chair shot like that, especially with the additional damage of uh, Cody's head getting caught by the kind of edge um, of the upper half of the chair, which uh, uh, called him wide open. I think he had to have 12 staples to close that wound after that chair shot uh, from uh, Sean Spears, and. Um, yeah, it's early days. The jury's very much out. I think that wrestling fans that uh, are sold on AEW are loving everything they're doing. Wrestling fans are, are not quite convinced. They're not quite sold on what they're doing. Um, you know, the jury is still out. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to All Out, which is uh, going to take place at the end of August, of course, um, from uh, from Chicago. Um, but uh, yeah, I think they do just need to concentrate on you know what what brought them to the dance, and that's kind of the uh, fantastic wrestlers, the potential to have great storylines and great matches, which we saw glimpses of at Double or Nothing. Um, but I, yeah, I, I think that they kind of missed a trick or kind of didn't make inroads to the success of Double or Nothing at Fighter Fest, and it'll be interesting to see what happens next at uh, Fight for the Fallen. And then, of course, the following nights, uh, we've got WWE Extreme Rules. Now, uh, if I were to bring up some of the matches here, it looks like the main event is going to be a mixed match challenge. Um, you've got the current Universal Champion, Seth Rollins, and uh, Becky Lynch, the women's raw raw women's champion against baron corbin and lacey evans um and it sounds like that's going to be a bit of a winner takes all match um what's your thoughts on that one kind of just very briefly are you, are you kind of into this mixed match challenge stuff of course it's not official intergender wrestling um but uh it, you know it, it's quite an intriguing gimmick and you know the threat of both Be- becky and seth losing their championships um it's certainly a real one it sounds like the wwe management are certainly trying to get lacey evans and baron corbin over um how does that main event kind of stand with you at the moment unfortunately for me it's getting repeaty repeaty samey samey it's going to be the third yeah. of you now because you had it at the saudi show with corbin versus rollins for the title and you had it Stomping ground, and now you've got it again. Yeah, it's with a different twist to it, and I'm assuming it's going to be proper intergender wrestling because they've announced it. It's going to be an Extreme Rules match. Okay. So it's just pretty much going to be anything goes. So I like the concept of Becky and Seth together 
not as a couple, but as wrestlers. And I think WWE are only pushing those two together at the minute because they've officially come out as a couple. I don't think they would creatively did that originally. So I think they're using their relationship to kind of build a storyline. Mm-hmm. But I can... I don't want to say it because I don't want one of them to lose the belt. But if one of them is going to lose the belt, it's going to be Becky to Lacey, not Seth to Corbin. Yep. As much as yep. they Corbin, I can't see Corbin with that universal strap. If he wanted that universal strap, they should have let him cash in successfully instead of having fail on it. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly pushing these two, Lacey Evans and Brown Corbin, as, as big-time heels. Um, and it would certainly... Uh, you know, it, it would certainly... Um, put out quite a clear statement if they were to put the belts on those two next Sunday. Um, I think they call it, might, might call it trolling the fans or trolling the fans. Um, but uh, uh, if that's what they want to do, uh, that's the storyline they're going to follow. But um, I think that uh, you and me and most wrestling fans alike probably don't want Seth and Becky to lose their championships. Another match that stands out to me, you've got uh, The Undertaker and Roman Reigns versus Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. That looks quite good. Um, another match, Samoa Joe taking on Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. That should be a pretty interesting match. Bailey versus Alexa Bliss for her uh, SmackDown Women's Championship. And you've got uh, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan taking on uh, New Day. And uh, heavy machinery in like a triple threat match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. So uh, overall, it looks like a, a fairly good card. I do agree with you. The, the main event is looking uh, quite repetitive because not only has Seth and uh, Baron Corbin wrestled each other for the uh, last three pay-per-views, but so has Lacey Evans and Becky Lynch. And uh, to be honest with you, their matches haven't been fantastic, if I'm perfectly honest with you. Any other matches from the ones that I mentioned uh, standing out to you as, as being ones that you're looking forward to in particular? The only one that's standing out to me, and it's standing out to me for all the wrong reasons, is Undertaker and Roman versus McIntyre and Shane McMahon. Yeah. Out of all the wrestlers you could get, why Taker? He's not actually given a valid reason to why he come and help. <laughs> he just showed up, choke slam Shane, and was like, yeah, fine, let's go have a match. I know yeah, he's I got mean... a contract feel, but it, it just it doesn't, for me, it just doesn't make sense. The last time Roman and Taker got together in a ring, Roman beat him. Yeah, WrestleMania 33, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, 33. So yeah. why is he now popped up two years later and gone, I'm going to help you? Yeah, I mean, they, they could have played it as, as you know, the storyline could have been, you know, I respect you from our match two years ago at WrestleMania. Um, but, but I don't think they've really kind of filled them pieces yet. And this is one thing that WWE have never been good at. They've kind of thrown individuals together or thrown people into a storyline without really giving it a proper backstory, a proper explanation. When there's a clear backstory there and a clear, you know, ex- explanation to be had. Um, but uh, we know that 
Paul Heyman, for example, is is kind of a master with uh, promos and developing storylines. Um, so maybe we'll get a bit more kind of explanation into why those two are together. Um, you know, hopefully before the pay-per-view, we've got the go-home episodes of Raw and SmackDown to come. Um, but yeah, that one interests me as well. I'm quite looking forward to seeing um, the, the tag match, Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus Heavy Machinery and New Day. I thought that Daniel Bryan and Rowan's match against Heavy Machinery at Stomping Grounds was really entertaining. Thoroughly enjoyed it. In fact, I enjoyed most of stomping grounds because all the matches just seemed uh real um and uh you know it sounds like the, the the handcuffs were taken off a lot of the wrestlers and they were just told to go out and have a good match which they did um throughout say the cruiserweight match the match with ricochet and samoa joe uh really enjoyed a lot of the matches including the, the tag match and i think that uh, the triple threats now involving new day um should make it even more interesting even more entertaining uh but that's another match i'm looking forward to so on the whole although we are uh, a little over a week away from extreme rules um and of course with all the matches you're going to have some kind of gimmick element added into a lot of these matches um but uh yeah i'm looking forward to it so it should be pretty good so as i said you know this weekend you've got uh, the progress show in manchester you're going to be watching next weekend there's a good handful of shows you can be watching um uh, on our tv sets but let's focus on this week's action um and of course both me and kieran watched uh, this week's nxt and nxt uk so let's uh, recap some of the action so uh, kieran if you're ready we're gonna start with nxt and talk a little little about uh, this wednesday's episode of nxt and the first match on this week's nxt um not very kind of inspirational uh, not very exciting on paper but it was uh, a leah versus mia yin uh, so uh, this match started with a bit of outside interference from uh, Vanessa Bourne and Aaliyah was able to get a two count uh, against her opponent Mia Yim very early on. Uh, Yim then applies a tarantula on Aaliyah, uh, which is a move made famous by Tajiri, of course, uh, back in the 90s and 2000s. However, Aaliyah gets another two count from quite an impressive Enziguri. Um, Aaliyah applies a, a, like a, a bodyboard stretch. However, Mia Yim soon recovers, hits her belly to belly on Aaliyah before connecting um connecting onto Bourne and Aaliyah with a, an excellent dive through the ropes. Uh, Mia finishes the match with a fall away slam and her protect your neck finisher for the pinfall victory. So Aaliyah was never going to win this match. Um, I think she's only just used as kind of fodder for the main stars on NXT. Uh, but to her credit, she did get in some offence um, and uh, leading to a, a short but fun match between these two. After the match, uh, Mia Yim throws Vanessa Bourne into the ring steps before delivering a message to Shayna Baszler at the announcer's desk saying, um, Shayna, her days as the NXT Women's Champion are numbered. So this was the opening match of this week's NXT. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this match? Bit of a squash, but um, yeah, still fun for what it was. It was, to be fair. I saw some stuff in Aaliyah that I've not seen before. Um, there was this one bit that she did, which actually took me by surprise. And I was slightly impressed. It was like a knee drop nip up. Right. So she hit the knee drop and then after hitting the knee drop, nipped up. And I was like, what? How's that even possible? Yeah. Um, she got quite a good showing as well, which was nice to see. It just proves that Mia Yim's not just about herself. She went over in the end, but she will help like the undercards get a decent match out of her. Yeah. Um, Mia Yim's been around the block a very long time, so she knows that she's probably not going to be around a lot longer. So helping other people is probably one of the things that she'll be looking to do while she's on her way to the top. 
Um, we'll probably see her on SmackDown or Raw for a few years, but she'll end up going back down, I reckon. Um, but overall, the match I was actually thoroughly impressed with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I say, it was short and sweet. It, it was what it was. But uh, as you said, uh, Aaliyah did get a few shots in and impress us with one or two moves. Let's be honest, she's been in developmental longer than anybody else in NXT. So she's uh, you know, got to have learned a few moves by now. But um, at the end of the match, uh, well, just sticking with Mia Yim, it, it sounds like, um, and this might be a little bit of a spoiler, but it sounds like she might be Shayna's next uh, takeover opponent. Um, it's rumoured that she may well be Shayna's uh, opponent for takeover Toronto in August or although that's still a, a month out a couple of months out um, you know there's a good possibility that Mia Yim could be the title contender there um, but going back to your kind of sentiments yeah it'd be great to see Mia Yim eventually on the main roster um, but I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up as part of the uh, kind of team of trainers down in uh, Orlando, Florida there as part of the NXT setup. Um, but uh, while she's around in NXT, she's definitely uh, impressive me. And uh, I think she's got her eyes set firmly on Shayna Baszler's NXT gold. Uh, then we see highlights of last week's NXT Women's Championship match involving Shayna Baszler and Io Shirai, of course, with Baszler winning the match after ha- having the cage door pulled back and kind of slammed uh, back on Baszler's head causing Baszler to fall forward, winning the match uh, by hitting the ground on the outside, thus retaining her championship. However, one thing that was even more noteworthy from that excellent match, and it was an excellent match, was uh, the heel turn from Io Shirai afterwards, where Io attacked Candice LeRae with with chair shots after the match and a suplex onto the setup chair inside the ring, uh, setting up, no doubt, a rivalry between these two, Candice LeRae and Io Shirai. Uh, that will be a red-hot feud. Uh, when that gets going, I'm sure we'll see more from that storyline as it develops uh, on future episodes of NXT. Uh, what were your thoughts, uh, just kind of thinking back to last week uh, the match and the heel turn afterwards Kieran um, I thought it was an excellent segment and uh, it kind of capped off a, a really really hot episode of NXT last week uh, just thinking back kind of one week removed uh, what were your thoughts on kind of that whole segment the match and the ending the, the match was brilliant yeah uh, I think it pulled everyone in with everyone coming into the match getting involved and then how close EO was to then cost herself the title, I think was brilliant. Um, the heel turn at the end, I kind of lost my temper a little bit. I got legit pissed off. Um, just because I thought the bump that Candace took at the end with the suplex on the chair, just, it looked horrible. Um, if you notice the way she lands, she kind of lands on the back of her head. She kind of yeah, it's almost a, It was almost a brain buster, wasn't it? Yeah. And I was just like, uh, ow, Candice is going to be out for a while. She's a tough cookie, though. I mean, if you've seen uh, anything from Candice LeRae on the Indies before she joined NXT, um, she was mostly wrestling in intergender matches. And we spoke a little bit about intergender matches earlier on in this episode. But she was mostly wrestling uh, guys on the indie scene. So she can definitely take a bump. Um, I think she's tougher than she looks, but uh, I think that feud is going to be red hot. Uh, whether it will make a takeover or not, I'm certainly looking forward to the first time those two lock up. Um, and then we see William Regal. He is confronted by all three members of the Forgotten Sons, uh, wanting another match uh, against NXT Tag Team Champions, the Street Profits. Regal uh, told 
the Forgotten Sons that because they lost their recent championship opportunity, they will be going to the back of the line. Kathy Kelly then asks William Regal, um, who then will be the number one uh, new number one contenders for the NXT tag title? And William Regal answered, only Lorkin and Danny Birch. And uh, that match will take place on next week's NXT and will definitely be a match that we'll be covering right here on the podcast. Uh, then in one of the highlights of the show, we saw Adam Cole's championship celebration tour. Uh, we saw Cole turn up um, at uh, the Gargano family restaurants where he bought four pizzas for a bunch of very hungry wrestlers uh, before pinning a picture up of himself on the Gargano Wall of Fame. Uh, Adam Cole then goes to Johnny Gargano's wrestling school where Cole tells the group of uh, trainee wrestlers to take a pizza, go home and give up because they will never be NXT champion. Uh, to end the segment, Cole tells the wrestlers to find a new hero um so uh, a, a really excellent segment here this is the second week where we've had adam cole's celebration tour um championship celebration tour and another example of why nxt is head and shoulders ahead of the main roster um purely because they can do segments like this and do segments like this really really well um so uh, kieran back to you what did you think of this adam cole celebration tour championship celebration tour and kind of uh, yeah going into the gargano family restaurants and then into Johnny Gargano's uh, training school. Um, I thought it was a really fun segment and one of the highlights of this week's episode. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. To be honest, um, it just proves that it's going to get more intense, their rivalry, so we know it's not over. Um, if you keep doing what he's doing, you know Gargano's going to come back. I think they've got a perfect way here to incorporate someone from his school into a match okay which is taking like they're putting a lot of emphasis on the big dude yeah um they did it with gargano going there handing the belt you didn't see the belt on anyone else and then this week adam cole called him out he didn't call any of the others out he called him mm. out his name so i don't know if at some point he's going to try and get involved in a match or something could you help Good shout, it could happen. And then maybe join UE, like do it as a heel turn on Gargano, just to cost Gargano the title. Mm. So I'm going to start with the company. Um, but Very interesting. It's a hard one to pre-call because WWE have set up storylines like this and then gone a complete different direction. So... Obviously, yes. NXT have got a bit more free reign in what they do and stuff, but Triple H gets the final call, and you know Vince is in his ear. So, in my mind, that would be a perfect way for him to do it. But yeah, whether be interesting do- to see. Yeah, be interesting to see what happens next. And going back to the Evolve show that's taking place next weekend, and of course, Adam Cole is taking on Akira Tozawa, and I believe Adam Cole's NXT Championship is on the line. And with uh, Johnny Gargano being uh, kind of uh, former Evolve champion himself, I wonder, just to get tongues wagging, whether we'll see an appearance from Johnny Gargano at the Evolve show, possibly interfering in uh, Adam Cole's match um, with uh, Akira Tozawa. Um, so that's something to watch out for. I think uh, the, the point you made regarding one of the, the trainee, one of Johnny's trainee wrestlers, uh, possibly getting involved in a storyline, it could happen. It could happen. It's something I hadn't thought of. So a good spot there. But yeah, they are focused on the, the big 
a big uh, dude, um, certainly in the run-up to TakeOver 25 and, of course, as part of this uh, uh, championship celebration tour. But, um, yeah, very interesting. Uh, but, like I said, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Adam Cole on his celebration tour um, and what I've seen over the last two weeks. Moving on to the next match, and it was Kushida. So we've seen quite a bit of him over the last few weeks, and he's going up against uh, Jeff Parker here. So Kushida essentially dissects and pulls Jeff Parker apart. Uh, there's no chance for Parker in this match. Kushida softens his opponent up with a soccer kick to the left arm before applying the hoverboard lock for the very easy win. The match goes less than two minutes. Uh, Kushida remains undefeated and has been very impressive since uh, recently joining the NXT brand. However, I'm not sure that Kushida is clicking with everybody who's watching his matches. Uh, question for you then, Kieran. What do you think uh, might be missing from the, the package of Kushida, you know, the character, the wrestler, the overall presentation of Kushida? I mean, he might have you sold. Um, I, I, I like the guy. Um, his entrance is pretty good. Not quite sold on his music yet. Um, I think he needs uh, to be involved in a feud or a decent storyline um, to, to you know, add a bit more character development to Kushida. I think it, the potential is definitely there. Just a few things haven't quite settled down yet. What's your thoughts on uh, Kushida? I like him. Uh, when I watched his New Japan stuff, obviously he was there before coming here. Um, he was brilliant. But it's completely different over here. His English isn't the greatest. And I don't think he's playing to his gimmick that well. His gimmick is the time splitter. But he's not... like It's a hard gimmick to try and pull off. Yeah, you can't really call yourself the time splitter, but then you've not really you, you can't turn time, you can't split time. It's yeah, I mean, it's almost as if his gimmick is kind of set for almost a bigger stage, really, like like a like a main roster stage or a, a takeover stage. Because obviously, I've seen quite a few of his entrances from New Japan, and you've got quite an elaborate set and quite an elaborate, uh, you know, um, gimmick that's going on on stage during his entrance, and the the full sale stage is is quite small and. Uh, Maybe he needs kind of a literally a bigger stage um, to make that impression on and to perform his time splitter gimmick um, to the best of his ability. Um, and maybe then we'll kind of be able to appreciate what he's trying to do a bit more and understand a bit more about his gimmick. Um, but yes, I think his, his gimmick needs a bit of work. Um, so I think people like him for who he is and what he's what he's achieved, certainly in his past career with uh, New Japan. Um, but yes, not quite clicking, bit of work to be done. But of course, you know, if you're going to work on a gimmick, uh, there's no better place than NXT and uh, down in developmental to do that sort of thing. Um, and then we get uh, another vignette from Killian Dane. Uh, so we saw the first of uh, uh, the, the, the kind of reintroduction of Killian Dane last week on NXT. Another one here with footage of, of the, the very violent and bloody uh, times back in Northern Ireland. Uh, Killian Dane says that. He wants us to know who and what he is. He wants you to know why he does the things he does. Killian Dane explains that everything he had had been has been taken away from him, and now he's going to take everything and anything um, that he wants. So um, once again, um, 
NXT are very, very good with these video packages, very good at kind of introducing new characters. Um, but it's not necessarily a new character, much like Alexander Wolf and what he's now doing on NXT UK, both former um, NXT superstars, both former main roster superstars as part of the, the sanity package, of course. They hit their heights on NXT, uh, but all, they were almost non-existent on the main roster. Uh, but it's good to see Killian Dane here um, getting a good build ahead of his return to NXT. Um, what's your thoughts on kind of what they've done so far? And are you looking forward to Killian Dane returning to NXT? Yeah. Um, simple answer on that one is, yeah, look at what he did before. Look at the first war games. Look at yeah. the, look at how big he was and how much he was pushed. He was built to be like one of the next guys. He went toe-to-toe with Lars Sullivan. None of their matches were squash matches. Um, and then they moved Sanity to the main roster and they've just done fuck all with him. Yeah. Uh, sorry for my language. I apologise. That's right, I can <laughs> bleep that out, don't worry. <laughs> I get angry with the Killian Dane thing because he's... So they... I'm going to put it to you this way. He can do everything Samoa Joe can do. True. Some things better than Samoa Joe can do. Mm. I think Killian Dane plays the big guy better than Samoa Joe. There's only one difference, and that's the experience. Mm-hmm. but you've got time to mould Killian Dane, but you've wasted like four years of that with him. The first two years went great. And then they put him on the main roster and they've just, they've just done nothing. They've done no character building with him. They've given him no screen time, literally nothing. It's like being a footballer and just being sitting on the bench. You're getting paid to do nothing. Mm, yeah. So, like that but I'm I've yeah. met Killian Dane before and he's passionate about wrestling and I think that's why I get angry about this situation because I know he wants to make himself better and I know he wants to make an impact yeah and I think that if the positives to this despite all of the upsets from how they were handled on the on the main roster um the positive side to this is he, he's not going to be part of a team or a faction they're going to be concentrated on him as a singles performer um and it will be an opportunity for him to shine in his own right with his own gimmick um in his own matches so quite often killian dane was a bit of a background player in sanity matches like you say he did perform um in in the first ever war games i saw killian dane in one of my favorite ever matches when i was lucky enough to be in New Orleans last year um, and it was the opening match of TakeOver New Orleans in that six-man ladder match and Killian Dane, you know, along with Lars Sullivan, two big guys, everybody absolutely smashed it. Um, everybody you know, completely killed that match. It was one of the best matches ever um, and still one of the best matches in TakeOver history and he was part of that match. Um, so I think giving him that opportunity to kind of shine in his own right as a singles performer without being under the shadow of a faction or a group um, is definitely a good thing for him. So it'll kind of be like a bit of a rebirth for him. And I hope he does well. And they seem to be kind of interested in pushing him. Hence these vignettes, and these video packages they're doing. So it sounds like they've got big things in store, hopefully big things in store for, for Killian Dane. I think he's 
as you said, he's a very, very capable big guy, very, very capable big wrestler. Um, so he could potentially uh, be a contender for the North American or potentially, dare I say it, somewhere down the line, the NXT Championship. I think he could make a credible um, heel contender to a babyface champion. Uh, but we will have to see and no doubt we'll see Killian Dane's uh, re-emergence, his uh, re-debut on NXT very, very soon. But let's move on to our next match. And both you and I have uh, spoken at length uh, kind of online about how excited we are for the NXT breakout tournament. And this is uh, still in the, the first round. Last week, we saw the first first round match, Angel Garza um, versus uh, the, the former DJZ Joaquim Wild. Um, here, the second first round match, Isaiah Swerve Scott versus Cameron Grimes. Um, so as I said, this is second uh, match in the NXT breakout tournament. Uh, tonight, we witnessed um, two kind of uh, very, very uh, highly regarded indie stars, um, formerly Shane Strickland, who, as I mentioned earlier, is a former Evolve champion and he's kind of wrestled all over America and uh, Cameron Grimes, the former Trevor Lee. So, you know a bit about Trevor Lee. You, you saw him um, wrestle for uh, progress over Super Strong Style 16 a couple of months back. Um, you We were talking at the time i think you came on a podcast and spoke about super strong star 16 and mentioned how excellent trevor lee was on the mic how entertaining he was on those two evenings and here he is against uh, cameron grimes so going into this match what were your thoughts and uh, kind of who are you looking forward to seeing and uh yeah like i say um what were your kind of thoughts going into this match then kieran so my thoughts going into this match was whoever wins this match is winning the tournament interesting this really is their two biggest names they've got from the indie scenes to come into this match. I was quite shocked that it was a first round match and not more of a semis to the final match. Um, unfortunately, the stuff I saw them do in the match didn't really surprise me because I've watched both the guys on the indie scenes like we spoke about before when it was announced it. Shane Strickland was going there. I watched him before he was even at Evolve. I watched him when he was at Lucha Underground. He was wrestling in a mask and he was wrestling under the name Killshot. And he he was phenomenal then. And for me, with the ability I know they've got and the WWE creativeness, they have the opportunity to do something so much more special than what they were given. They seem to have got their usual high spots in. I mean, the moonsault punch uh, that Shane Strickland did, sorry, Swerve did. Um, unfortunately, because Ricochet does it all the time on Raw, it, it's not special anymore. Yeah. And it, I did like the, I think it was like a springboard crossbody. It was really weird. Yeah, uh, no, it, it was a really fun match and... Uh, um, I think both first round matches have been fantastic and they, they seem to be given the freedom to kind of wrestle the way they, you know, would put a, a match together. And um, yeah, I, I thought it was good. They didn't, the chains were taken off, so to speak. And we see a lot of that with the NXT product where they're given a bit more freedom in the ring, uh, not so much on the main roster products, although uh, things do seem to be changing ever so slightly with the main roster products, but uh, uh, we're not here to talk about the main roster product today, but I thoroughly enjoyed this match. A couple of fun facts obviously Nigel McGuinness acknowledged uh, that 
Isaiah Scott, uh, the former Shane Strickland, was a former Evolve champion. Um, and a couple of fun facts came out about Cameron Grimes, uh, that he's been a, a, an 11-year pro. Um, and that's not so shocking until you find out that he's only 25 now. So he must have started wrestling as a pro at the age of 14, according to uh, that logic. Um, plus, they said that he was kind of in a, a wrestling ring when he was a baby before the age of two obviously rolling around uh, but uh, still probably getting in a wrestling ring uh, far earlier than uh, most other professional wrestlers out there and the fact that Matt Hardy is obviously close to uh, his kind of family because Matt Hardy was at his birth um, so three very interesting facts there about Cameron Grimes and it, it, what it demonstrates is that Cameron Grimes is he, kind of born into the wrestling business essentially you could say um and taken one of his first steps inside a wrestling ring and has grown up i should imagine no doubt wanting to be a professional wrestler so he's kind of you know living his dream as a professional wrestler in nxt at the moment at the age of 25 um and you know looking at the guy um he, he he's not your kind of typical WWE wrestler he's not uh you know carved out of granite or got muscles popping out of muscles but he but he's you know, kind of more of a, uh, a more of an old school look to him, to be honest with you, and more of an old school wrestling style. Certainly reminded me quite a bit of, of JBL, but with a bit more of a harder edge, certainly with some of the moves uh, that he performed. But uh, just to go through some of the key spots here, and then we'll talk a bit more about the match afterwards. Uh, so Isaiah Scott kept Grimes grounded for the first few minutes of the match with uh, uh, a couple of arm bars. Um, and then he was able to demonstrate his excellent high-flying, high-impact offence with a few uh, really cool moves. Grimes then recovers to offer some of his more straightforward um, wrestling offence uh, with some stiff blows to the back of Isaiah Scott before delivering a wild lariat, uh, getting a two-count from that exchange of moves. In one of the moments of the match, uh, Grimes was sat on the top turnbuckle, ready to come crashing down onto his opponent when Scott leapt up from the canvas, catching Grimes with a head scissors, uh, bringing Cameron Grimes back down to the canvas uh, with a bang so that was an awesome move showing a lot of athletic ability there from scott of course after a flurry of offense from isaiah scott we get uh, a very close near fall from a reverse sto slash uh, flatliner whatever you want to call it grimes then gets a close near fall um, of his own from a huge sit out power bomb that was quite impressive uh, scott nails a frosby flop dive over the top rope onto grimes um, that was executed to perfection with Scott landed on his feet very reminiscent of uh, kind of the, the ricochets of this world Cameron Grimes eventually wins the match with a very wild but very effective running double stomp uh, to advance to the next round of the NXT breakout tournament uh, the match started slow um, as all great matches should start uh, but built up to a very exciting climax um, this was one of the first times I've witnessed Trevor Lee um, or Cameron Grimes um, in the ring on the TV or live to be honest with you he definitely impressed me um, um, like I say, he's got a very unique wrestling style. Um, but uh, what were your thoughts on this match overall? Uh, I think they needed more time. Yeah. Um, I think creatively both those guys can do a hell of a lot more in the ring. Um, if that was a, That's why I said they should have had it as the finals. If they had that in an NXT TakeOver, you, those guys would put on a match that would rival Gargano Cole matches. Yeah. That's my honest opinion from watching both of them. Um, they're both great at telling stories in the ring. And as you saw watching today, you only saw, they only scratched the surface of what they're capable of. I'm looking forward to seeing how WWE develop these characters and what actually happens. But 
like I said before, we got into the match analysis. Whoever wins this is pretty much won the tournament for me. So, mm. might see Cameron Grimes versus Adam Cargo soon. Well, he uh, definitely advances, and of course, the uh, the big hook to all of this is the winner of this tournament does go on to face a champion of their choosing within NXT. So that could be quite interesting. Could be a shot at uh, the North American champion. Could be a shot at uh, Adam Cole or whoever is the NXT champion. Um, potentially, it could be a shot at uh, the NXT UK champion. Um, so uh, who knows? But uh, yeah, definitely an impressive outing here from Cameron Grimes. Really enjoyed watching him uh moving on to, on to the next match speaking of impressive uh, we saw a very impressive outing from bianca belair she took on uh, a bit of an enhancement talent i would say uh in zanika uh so uh, zanika started the match by slapping bianca belair across the face that's possibly the worst thing you can do we know um how bianca belair can be uh, but when she's pissed off and riled up uh, so we saw a, a slightly more aggressive um, side to Bianca Belair here. She just decimated her opponent after that slap, including two power bombs followed by a snake eyes onto the top turnbuckle. Bianca even performed uh, three successive squats while holding Zanika high above her head in a gorilla press. Uh, the match finished with uh, Bianca Belair finishing Zanika with her KOD Argentine face buster for the very impressive win. Um, I love the extra bit of brutality from Belair in this match. Um, and I suppose the message, um, the key message from all of this to future opponents is do not slap Bianca Belair across the face to start the match. Uh, just your very brief thoughts on this match. Um, but uh, Bianca Belair looking pretty dominant and uh, showed a bit more of an aggressive side to her, in my opinion. I think this is what she was missing as a character. Um, before, you only saw her as the arrogant person. Now you're seeing her more of a actual... Someone's got a bit more of a feel about her than just, oh, I'm undefeated, I'm arrogant as hell, no one can beat me. You can always tell when a wrestler loses their first match after an undefeated streak whether they're sticking or whether they're going. Bianca's going to stick, you can tell, because she actually used some emotion in that match. Most, yeah. wrestlers just, it's, most wrestlers, it's just a paycheck for them. They take a loss, they carry on. Look at EC3 on Raw. He, he's taking losses, and he, he, he's not getting anything for it. So, he's just there for the money now. But that's yeah. just my opinion. But you, Bianca wants to push, she wants to impress herself. She's looking, her husband's current NXT Tag Team Champion, so it's got to give her some sort of drive as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I definitely see her as a future NXT Women's Champion, I'm kind of surprised it hasn't happened already. Um, I think she's got bigger things in store. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, they've got her lined up as a, as a possible Raw or SmackDown champion in the future. Um, but I'd like to see her carry the NXT championship belt uh, at some point in the future. She, she's had her chances, but I think with this new, more aggressive edge, um, I think that this is kind of what's been lacking from Bianca Belair. Like you say, we, we, we've had the gimmick, we've had the, the, the hair and the braid, uh, we've had the fantastic costumes, um, but now we just the missing part of the puzzle was you know something a bit more uh, aggressive a bit more tangible um, and we saw that this week and hopefully that's the side of Bianca Belair that we're going to get each and every time let's move on to our main event for uh, this week's NXT Roderick Strong versus Tyler Breeze 
So this match started with a bang after the Messiah of the Backbreaker, Roderick Strong, drops Tyler Breeze with a brutal back suplex of sorts um, onto the edge of the ring steps. Now that looked and sounded awful. Um, then uh, Strong dropped uh, Tyler Breeze again, this time back first across the, 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 the barriers at ringside. Breeze makes a, a comeback with a flying forearm smash from the ring apron and eventually getting a two count from a backstabber of his own inside the ring. Strong connects with an Inzaguri to Breeze, who was sitting on the top turnbuckle before executing a brilliant superplex from the top turnbuckle, uh, getting a very close near fall from that awesome uh, pin, pinning attempt. The match develops into a bit of a slugfest towards the end between these two until Bobby Fish comes racing down to the ring only to get a super kick from Tyler Breeze. However, Roddy capitalised from the momentary distraction, hitting his release X-Plex backstabber for the three count and a very excellent victory. So I'd love to know your thoughts on this match. Um, So uh, quite a good main event and... um, they're obviously pushing Roddy Strong as a viable contender to possibly the North American Championship somewhere down the line. Um, Adam Cole's been coming out here for weeks now, Kieran, saying that this is the year um, of Undisputed. And by the end of the year, all four members will be holding NXT Championship gold. Obviously, Cole is the current NXT champion. Um, but do you see Roddy as a possible North American champion anytime soon? Give us your thoughts on that and give us your thoughts on the match as well. So... Roddy is a singles wrestler, always has been. Him with the tag team and Kyle O'Reilly was brilliant, don't get me wrong. But you've got you've got Fish back now, so you can actually have the tag team of the group as a tag team. All they need to do now is get a woman in there. They can hold every single belt. Ah. Roddy is he is what he is. He says he's a Messiah and a backbreaker, he's a seasoned event. My issue is, is if Dream's still champion, Roddy won't beat Dream. You need someone to take the belt off of Dream so Roddy can beat them. Because you can't... Dream is being built up for a big stage push. They always mention about how... John Cena's tweeted about him and... The Rock's tweeted about him, Triple H has tweeted about him, all of this stuff. You've built him up so big that you can't have him then lose it to somebody like Roddy, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. Roddy's the older guy, so they're trying to build him as the future of the company, but then he gets beat by a guy that spent all of his career in the Indies. Where the Dream really hasn't. Dream was on Tough Enough, the new episode, and then sat in developmental. So Dream is built from... WWE. Roddy yeah. is really yeah. awesome. it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I think that you know if, if that's the way they want to go, and if if uh, undisputed, if it's going to be the year of undisputed with all four of them um, holding NXT gold by the end of the year, then the only championship that's really uh, you know a possibility is the North American Championship, unless they uh, kind of evolve that Roddy was having a bit of a revivalry before TakeOver 25 with Adam Cole and whether that could lead to something in the future. Maybe we could get a championship match between those two where Roddy might potentially become the uh, NXT champion. Um, But um, it'll be interesting to see. Like you say, you've got two very strong champions in NXT at the moment. 
moment with Alvatine Dream and Adam Cole, of course. Um, and I am in agreement with yourself. I can't see Roddy Strong taking the belt off of either one of those two. But we shall see how the overall story uh, plays out in the weeks or months to come. I think there's lots of twists, twists and turns um, ahead of us. Well, I'll tell you what, um, let, let's move on to uh, NXT UK, because uh, as much as NXT was really entertaining this week, um, I thoroughly enjoyed NXT UK also. Um, so we're, we're, we're taken back to January to open the show. So NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool, where the grizzled young veterans won their championship um, in their classic match against Moustache Mountain uh, back in January. And uh, the, the, it's all kind of the video package is built into tonight's long-awaited rematch and long-awaited main event for the NXT UK tag titles uh, between the Grizzled Young Veterans, of course, and the current champions. Uh, they are the current champions against Mustache Mountain. So Mustache Mountain haven't been NXT UK tag team champions. They have been NXT um, tag team champions but not UK tag team champions. So we're back at download. Um, we, we, we've been at download for the last few weeks now. Obviously, it was recorded from a few weeks ago. And uh, as if their match at Blackpool is anything to go by, tonight's match for the NXT UK tag team titles should be excellent. Um, so going into this, we knew that Massage Mountain was going to be going up against uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans for the tag gold. Um, was this a match you were looking forward to? I'm guessing that you definitely enjoyed their match back in Blackpool in January. What were your thoughts kind of ahead of tonight's NXT a main event? Looking forward to magic, to be honest. The match in Blackpool was insane. Yeah. So, many, so many spots, so many close finishes. It really had you on the edge of your seats. Everyone wanted Mustache Mountain to win it, but now they're on the chase, and that's what you need for viable title holders. Um, so you can't just give all the straps to your Fab Five, as Cassius Ono calls them. Mm. Uh, but you've got... That's the problem with WWE. There's not much of a chase anymore with title ship, championship changes. Mm. Johnny Gargano chased it with Champa, never got it. Then yeah. as soon as Champa got injured, picked it up. There was no actual like chase between him and Adam Cole, if that makes sense. Sure. And then, but then Adam Cole's had that chase. So when Adam Cole won the title, you thought you felt more like yes, finally. Obviously with Johnny, it was different. You finally saw Johnny pick up the title, but you didn't see him pick it up from the person you wanted to see him pick him up from. So we spent like 18 months fighting Champa in all these different match stipulations and stuff. You'd want to see him pick the title up from Champa. This is what they're doing with Mustache Mountain and Grizzled Young Veterans. Would it surprise me for timeline-wise? It, it's not going to happen at Cardiff, I don't think. I think it'll be the next takeover show they'll get. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, you could be right. I mean, like I say there's been no matches uh, announced yet for TakeOver Cardiff. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as we talk uh, NXT UK in the next few minutes. But um, it's kind of interesting. We've, we've all played kind of uh, fantasy booker to see what matches might take place at TakeOver Cardiff. And uh, they've got another set of TV tapings happening in Plymouth um, very soon, I believe, uh, that will 
probably give us all of the information we need to draw a full lineup for takeover cardiff taking place on the 31st of august uh, you're going to that kieran i'm going to that so uh, that should be an absolutely fantastic show can't wait for that one um but i don't think uh, any of the matches that were recorded at download are really going to give a, give away anything as to what might take place at takeover cardiff so we'll have to wait with bated breath to see how the uh, tapings from plymouth plays out but um First off, uh, we are greeted by uh, Rhea Ripley. Uh, she heads to the ring to give us a promo. Rhea starts by addressing Piper Niven, saying that they have been uh, going back and forth with this uh, little feud of theirs now for weeks. And Rhea is sick and tired of hearing Piper talk about her being the most dominant woman on NXT UK. Uh, Rhea calls out Piper, and this is going to be our opening match for tonight's show. So uh, I think uh, according to storyline, we weren't quite due to get this match until maybe later on in this show. But Rhea... Uh, has had enough and wants to match there and then so our opening match of this week's NXT UK is Rhea Ripley versus Piper Niven so uh, as uh, Rhea rightly mentioned this feud has been kind of building for the last few months now uh, and it will be the first time that we've seen Rhea involved in a high profile match of sorts since her feud with Tony Storm over the NXT UK uh, Women's Championship Um, the match starts with a bit of a slugfest uh, with Piper getting the upper hand before connecting with a running crossbody and a clothesline sending Rhea to the outside. Piper shoves Niven in, sorry, Ripley shoves Niven into the ring post before getting Piper back into the ring, only managing a one count after that attack. There's dueling charts for both Piper Niven and Rhea Ripley uh, from the fans at download. Ripley takes Niven off her feet with a dropkick in the corner. However, Niven follows up with an impressive dropkick of her own, only for Ripley to pull pull Niven um, with force off the second turnbuckle before slapping on her inverted cloverleaf onto Piper Niven. Now, this is a move that we normally see Rhea Ripley applied to uh, smaller opponents, such as uh, Isaiah Brookside, for example. Uh, But she was able to apply it to Piper Niven just as effectively here. Ripley nails Niven with a wicked slap before um, appearing to bring some motivation and some life uh, back into Piper Niven, uh, leading to a brutal back suplex from Piper onto Ripley. After a series of back and forth short arm clotheslines, Niven connects with a running cannibal in the corner. After Ripley uh, runs uh, shoulder first into the ring post, followed shortly after by uh, Piper's Michinoku driver, which she is calling the Piper driver, hooking the leg and gets the one, two, three. So this was quite a, a solid match. Both wrestlers giving quite a stiff offence uh, to one another from the action on the outside with Ripley running Piper Niven into the ring post um, and uh, all the stiff moves uh, back inside the ring. Um, really enjoyed this match. Thought this was a great opener. You know what you're going to get from these two wrestlers, two really, really well-established wrestlers. Um, and uh, of course, Piper Niven is slightly newer of the two yet to establish herself. Uh, but I thought that this was a good match between these two. I wouldn't mind seeing more between these two in the future. What were your thoughts on uh, Piper Niven versus Rhea Ripley? It was everything I thought it was going to be. I think for those two to have another match, there needs to be something a bit more. So give it, obviously this has been built up just as who's the baddest woman on the NXT UK roster. Yeah. Give them something really worth fighting for. Number one contendership, something like that. Watch, watch what they can really do when there's something on the line. I think for what both of them were capable of, the match was kind of basic. There was a few heavy bumps, but it was more of the, I'm going to clothesline you, you're going to clothesline me, neither of us are going to move. 
normal stuff that you get when it's big guy versus big guy, big girl versus big girl. Yeah. Um, you need something for them to actually fight for. This one was kind of for bragging rights, and I feel like because it was pulled forward, they didn't get the time that I think they were supposed to get. For me, that match should have been a main event match of an episode, just because of the build-up. Um, thoroughly enjoyed the match, don't get me wrong, but I think I agree with you, we need to see it again, but we need to see it again with something on the line and a lot more time. Yeah, no, some really interesting points there, and I totally agree with all your points. Um, yeah, I don't think this is going to be the last time these two wrestle. I certainly hope not. But like I say, hopefully there's going to be um, some more kind of, uh, yeah, something else on the line, um, higher stakes. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully this is at the start of a, a long rivalry. Then we got our next match, Jack Stars versus Alexander Wolf. So now the first time we saw Alexander Wolf uh, was when he came to the rescue of his Imperium brethren uh, a few weeks ago during an awesome three-on-three match between British Strong Style and Imperium. Um, and uh, the referee was distracted on the outside. Alexander Wolf came in, uh, connected with the Liger bomb, taking Tyler Bate out of the match, leading to the eventual pinfall for the Imperium team for that match. Um, here, however... Uh, Wolf, Alexander Wolf is in brutal and destructive mode here against Jack Stars. Wolf connects with a picture perfect German suplex and a beautiful pump kick, smashing Stars to the canvas. Uh, Stars then made a, a brief comeback with some European uppercuts. However, this was short lived as Alexander Wolf connects with a Death Valley driver before dropping the uh, Affle. Affle- the previously mentioned Liger bomb for the easy pinfall victory. Now, uh, I'm sure you'll agree with me here, Kieran. Alexander Wolf was wasted during his main roster run. We spoke about Killian Dane and uh, Alexander Wolf and the whole sanity package going to waste on the main roster earlier on. Here, he seems to be at home as part of the Imperium package, uh, as part of the Imperium faction. And I was very impressed with Alexander Wolf's uh, stiff, no-nonsense wrestling style here, uh, from the German suplex through to the DVD and the Liger bomb to end the match. Uh, very impressive. Now, when he was part of Sanity, even on NXT, we didn't get much of a chance to see Alexander Wolf wrestle um, in many one-on-one matches. It was mostly in tag matches with Killian Dane, um, or was part of the kind of the faction as a whole. But I was very impressed with Alexander Wolf. He certainly got a bit of a platform here to demonstrate what he can do. And uh, I think um, much like when uh, Jack Stars fought Walter, uh, when Walter debuted, this is another match that Jack Stars is not going to forget in a hurry. Right. <laughs> So this is the match I've wanted to talk about the most. Um, so for the listeners that are regular with the European wrestling scene and progress more than probably most, Ringcom. Imperium is Ringcom. You have two of the original members of Ringcom now in Imperium. Um, it literally... it. They wrestle the same way as they did as Rincon. This is the Alexander Wolf that I love, is what we saw today. Yeah. He keeps doing that. WWE have took an independent faction, pretty much, added two new people to it. And if they book it right, you could have the most dominant faction you've had in wrestling history. If they book it right. Yeah. The problem yeah. I've got is it's WWE. They're not going to book it right. 
<laughs> well, this is NXT UK, and they do tend to do quite a few things right compared to the main roster. So we might be in with a chance of. I mean, they're certainly booking them right at the moment, aren't they? But you're only going to see that whilst they're on NXT and NXT UK. Yeah. If they gain momentum, like they will, because even when they're a ring comp, it's it's the group you love to hate because they are what wrestling is. They're old school. So they're what what people would do if they're studying to be a wrestler. That's what Imperium are. Yeah. So they'll gain a lot of knowledgeable older wrestlers on the side of their fraction. So for me there's so much potential here and I know we're going to touch on something later that we're going to talk about yeah. because of the main event. Um, that will just be step one and how that goes will depend on how the rest of it's going to go for me. So we'll talk more about mm. it a bit, a bit later. Yeah, looks so very impressed with um, the kind of debut here of Alexander Wolf on NXT UK. Um, yeah, long may it continue as far as I'm concerned. Uh, then we we're reminded that Tony Storm be defended her NXT UK Women's Championship against Kaylee Ray next week uh, on NXT UK, and of course we'll be covering it right here on the podcast. Uh, we will. Have we will of course uh, have to wait to see how that match ends um but uh, i don't know whether you the same as me kieran were a little bit disappointed that they haven't saved this match for takeover card if it's a perfect uh, kind of uh, championship match for tony storm to defend her belt you know against kaylee ray um you know it's kind of set up for a takeover to be honest with you uh, it definitely seems to be uh, the biggest match on the NXT UK women's division right now, wouldn't you say? Um, do you think that, uh, I, I think that maybe we might get a bit, of a bit of a false finish next week leading to possibly a rematch in Cardiff? What are your thoughts? I agree with you. This match isn't going to end clean. It's not going to end with a title change. It's going to end in either a disqualification of one of them, if not both of them, or a double count out. I think with everything that's been going on with the build-up of this, it it has to be a takeover match. So, I think this will be our first kind of guaranteed takeover match for August 31st. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there'll be other stuff announced beforehand, but this one pretty much for me is a dead cert to happen there. Just plainly because of the build-up they've had. This has been building up for weeks now. And technically, Kaylee Ray's got a title shot whenever she wants. That was the stipulation of that Battle Royal. Of course. So if she hasn't picked that match and they've just gone, let you two have a match. Kaylee Ray, so you could play really with wordplay on this one. And Kaylee Ray could just be like, well, I wasn't. This isn't my opportunity I'm taking. They gave me this opportunity. I'm taking mine on the 31st of August. Interesting. Yeah. But I think this is tailor-made for a takeover match. And uh, I can't really think of a, a stronger, more established opponent to Tony Storm's championship than a Kaylee Ray. So, uh, um, 
they'd have to come up with a, a, a pretty good storyline and a decent contender if it's not Kaylee Ray at, at uh, Cardiff, put it that way. Um, but uh, speaking of the NXT UK women's division, that moves us on to the next match. It was uh, Jazzy Gabbert, obviously accompanied as always by Ginny down to the ring against two kind of enhancement wrestlers. Um, I'll kind of hold my hands up now and say I didn't make a note of their names. I don't know if you did, Kieran. Did you know who was um, going up against Jazzy Gabbert in this match? I know one was Mercedes Blaze. Um, I can't remember the other one. Um, no, it's Luna. Luna I've, something. Because um, I've seen her wrestle before. Yeah, no apologies for not making a note of their names. Um, but to be honest with you, in this match, they probably couldn't even remember their names anyway. Uh, it was a two-on-one handicap match. And uh, although she's on her own, Jazzy's two opponents uh, are the ones who are massively handicapped in this match. Jazzy could have been up against four or five um, kind of lower-end, lower-card uh, talent on the NXT UK brand and the odds still would have been stacked against them. Uh, Jazzy doesn't take too long to destroy her two opponents here. Finishing the match with a front face slam for an easy one, two, three. Um, thoughts on Jazzy and how do you see her alliance with Ginny going at the moment? As well as, um, I mean, if you've been keeping tabs on NXT UK, the inclusion of Zaya Brookside seems to be kind of uh, included within this storyline as well. Kind of what's your thoughts on how it's going between uh, Jazzy, Ginny, the sort of impact they're having and the uh, inclusion of Zaya kind of on the fringes um, of this storyline as well, Kieran. So I think it's going to be one of these things where you've got the powerhouse. So do you remember when UE were dominating everyone and you put Roddy with Pete Dunn? Yeah. You turn on Pete. Yeah. Maybe they're going for a similar storyline with this, but with Zaya. She's young. She needs the tutorage. Obviously, I know her dad's Robbie Brookside, UK legend. Um, but just for longevity-wise, kind of like when Daniel Bryan got forced to join the Wyatt family. Mm. So, you slide in and you get to the point where you want to get. So maybe you get a tag match with two others with one of them out and then you attack from the inside. Yeah. Um, not really 100% sure on how they're going to do it with Zaya, if it's just going to be a feud or if it is going to be like that. It's interesting because they're keeping us guessing. It's mm. not just come out, attack there, and we know it's going to be a feud. Yeah. They've come out, sat on the stage, not actually done anything, and not actually give an explanation for it. Yeah, it's been a nice bit of character development for uh, for all three of them, but especially Zy Brookside being kind of intertwined with uh, with this storyline, and um, you know everybody's thinking that with Zy being the the, the babyface underdog, that she's going to get her uh, comeuppance against the heel duo. Uh, but like you say, you've added a little twist there in your kind of fantasy book in there that she might potentially um, you know fall. Uh, in with the baddies um, in order to destroy them from within. So quite an interesting concept there, but uh, something's happening. Something's uh, developing there with Zy Brookside. I'm quite interested, but uh, I've been very impressed with uh, Jazzy Gabbett so far. I think that having Ginny is kind of like the, the evil uh, mastermind uh, behind the duo is fantastic. Um, like I said, I, I'm 
I'm sure you are as well. I'm a massive fan of Ginny, the wrestler. Um, but uh, while they're trying to get Jazzy Gabbert over, I think she's playing a really good kind of managerial uh, sidekick role at the moment, kind of almost uh, the mastermind behind the group. But um, yeah. Then we saw a very good video package with uh, Cassius Ono calling himself the best British wrestler in the world. Um, as he calls out Mark Andrews, almost certainly setting up a match between these two uh, for the very near future. Then we're on to our main event. So um, former NXT Tag Team Champions Mustache Mountain versus the Grizzled Young Veterans, the current NXT UK Tag Team uh, title. So just to run through some of the, the key spots from this excellent main event. Uh, so obviously this is a rematch from their match um, at NXT UK TakeOver Blackpool from January. Uh, both teams look up and ready for this one as they get the big introductions. And this definitely has kind of the big match, big title match uh, feel. Um during the introductions, Trent Seven uh, takes the match to the Grizzled Young Veterans to start the match, connecting with a couple of wicked chops to the chest of Zach Gibson before getting a two count from a float over suplex. Uh, there's some excellent double team moves, as you would expect from Drake and Gibson, especially when the match goes to the outside. The uh, Grizzled Young Veterans and Mustache Mountain uh can't be in a match. Um, they can't really be matched on the NXT UK takeover. Sorry, that. They can't be matched in the uh, tag ranks on NXT UK at the moment, with a possible exception of the duo of Eichner and Bartel. I think that uh, GYV and Mustache Mountain, definitely the two best tag teams uh, in NXT UK at the moment. Uh, Bates eventually gets the hot tag from Trent Seven, connecting with a delayed exploder suplex on Gibson and a running shooter star press, uh, getting a two count. Bates is on fire um, as he delivers a, a wicked dive over the top rope onto both opponents on the outside. Gibson and Drake soon regain control with a series of double team moves. Uh, once again, almost winning the match, getting a close near fall from one of their uh, combo moves. Tyler Bate gets a close near fall uh, of his own from an inside cradle. Bate then connects with a diving headbutt onto Drake before Seven drops Gibson with a burning hammer onto James Drake. With the Mustache Mountain very nearly taking the match and taking the titles from that uh, exchange of moves. However, all four members of Imperium then come out to the ring. And they run out to the ring to end the match with a disqualification. Uh, Alexander Wolfe and Bartel uh, are laying waste to Trent Seven inside the ring while Walter and Eichner punish Tyler Bates on the outside. Imperium then handcuff Trent Seven to the middle turnbuckle while Walter powerbombs Tyler Bates onto the ring apron not once but twice before delivering a third powerbomb uh, to Tyler Bates this time against the steel ring post so Imperium stand tall and dominant um, on the ring apron as the show goes off the air as Trent Seven screams to his partner Tyler Bates getting no reaction from his best friend after the punishment he just received from the current UK champion Walter Tyler Bates and Trent look beaten at the hands of Walter and the rest of Imperium uh, just as they were looking like they were about to take the titles from GYV. Kieran, a hell of a main event, a really, really kind of dramatic end to the match. Then you had Imperium and the attack to finish the show. Um, Trent Seven and Tyler Bate especially taking the beating of a lifetime on the outside to all four members of Imperium. I'd love uh, for you to kind of sum up your thoughts on the match and the post-match uh, attack from Imperium. The match was good. Um... Obviously, it wasn't Blackpool-worthy. Um, but I think I think the attack after the match took away from the actual match. 
because um, you mentioned about the diving headbutt and the burning hammer combination. Yeah. If you look closely, Tyler actually jumps on. Uh, I think it was James Drake that Seven had on his shoulders. Um, he jumps on James Drake's stomach and then hits the headbutt. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just this is why I love Mustache Mountain. It's just little things like that adds a little bit more impact, puts more emphasis on the double team move. Um, but I feel the attack at the end took away from the actual match. Don't get me wrong, the attack was brutal, and you know that's going to build to some huge storyline. Um, not 100% sure how they're going to go with it, because obviously you've got to have the UK title defended in Cardiff. Who that'll be against, I don't know. Maybe they give Walter a brand new challenger. I don't know. Maybe throw Jordan Devlin in there. Let Jordan Devlin have a title match. Um, and then have, obviously, Pete, Tyler and Trent versus the other three members of Imperium. I personally want to see 4v4. And I posted on the Facebook page on who I think the fourth member should be. It should be Dan Maloney, the unofficial fourth member of British Strong. <laughs> You're very passionate about him, aren't you? I, I, I've watched him a few times. And I don't know if I've been on since the 80s. Sh- yeah, I was on on the 80s show. Yeah. Because uh, we reviewed it. Um, after watching him there, I saw a different side of him. And it's just made me like him more. Um, he's at the national, he's at Natural Progression series as well. He was um, Trent's pick, so I'm looking forward to watching him in that. Um, but I think it's got to be one of those things where, it, for this war to end with British strong style and Imperium, it's got to be a four v four. And it's got to be some sort of huge match. So normally you'd have like war games, but I don't think they're going to put war games on NXT UK. They should have the match that no one ever mentions. WCW did it a few times. The Tower of Terror. No! <laughs> that was awful. <laughs> I, I don't ever a couple of them. Um, I, I, I think the concept was good. But I think you should have it where it's like stages. Not you've got to escape one bit to get to another bit to get to another bit to then escape the cage. Yeah. I think that's long. I, I agree with the intervals. Now, we're going off on a tangent. We can discuss this at a later. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. I'll be howling. <laughs> but, but, no. but you're right. They, they do need to have a, a blow-off match between the four members of Imperium or, or maybe... You know, depending on who Walter faces at uh, Takeover Cardiff, possibly three members of Imperium versus British Strong Style. Um, but if they do go four on four, yeah, who might be the fourth uh, member? Could it be Jordan Devlin? Could it be somebody else? And there needs to be kind of a big kind of gimmick match to kind of blow off their their feud because, it, you know when you think it's kind of come to an end, it just takes on another level and it just takes on another, another life of its own. And uh, I, I, yeah, I I think that, uh, you know, this week's 
the attack after the main event was particularly brutal and that's got to lead to something that's got to lead to a big story i mean we've obviously got plans ahead um and no doubt pete dunny is going to get involved in them plans uh so I, like you, are very, very intrigued as to what's happening. And, and as you alluded to earlier, it's really, really refreshing to see these storylines kind of creeping up and kind of developing and maturing. And, you know, they're not being kind of blown off in one week and somebody, a Vince man behind the scenes is getting bored with it the next. You know, they're taking weeks, sometimes months to develop and to mature and to come to fruition because that is the best type of storytelling. That is... You know, 50% of what I love about wrestling. I love the action, but I love the characters and the storyline. So, you know, to get that, especially with a brand that I love, such as NXT or NXT UK, um, makes it all the better as far as I'm concerned. But, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a, uh, like I say, it, we didn't have a decisive conclusion to the match, but I think we did get an additional layer to this storyline and it kind of makes us want to tune in for next week um so uh, yeah and that's what all good wrestling shows is meant to do um so once again another great episode of nxt uk this along with nxt is consistently the best wrestling shows on uh, under the wwe umbrella at the moment i'm sure you'd agree with me there kieran um, but uh, today we spoke about an excellent match pitting uh, piper niven versus rhea ripley uh, a, a couple of impressive wins for alexander wolf and jazzy gabbett and that awesome main event and the brutal attack on tyler Bate and trent seven from imperium to close so uh, yeah if you go out and watch one wrestling show um this week then make it nxt uk because this hour of nxt uk was definitely definitely worth watching and if you haven't started watching nxt uk uh, then what the hell have you been doing for the last year or so because you've been missing out on some excellent quality action on a weekly basis um so kieran that draws us to an end of this week's uh, podcast and this week's episode of NXT, uh, NXT UK and, and uh, NXT. Um, so uh, thank you so much once again for jumping on the podcast and helping us out this week. Not a problem. I look forward to doing it again. Um, yeah. Just a little message to anyone who is about at any of the progress shows this weekend. If you're in Manchester, don't be afraid to come say hi. Obviously, you know where to find me. I'm on the Facebook page. You can find me on twitter just at kieran reed um if you've got any questions you pop me a message there we go well uh, it looks like if you're in manchester watching the progress show on sunday uh, give kieran a shout and uh, go over and say hi uh, but uh, thank you so much for kieran we definitely look forward to getting you on the podcast again um, in the very near future um, so there we go i hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you did please don't forget to hit like subscribe and share and shout about this podcast tell your friends and tell your family and keep listening to the wrestling majonas podcast for all of your weekly nxt uk nxt wwe and all around wrestling goodness uh, without you sharing and subscribing uh, this podcast we can't continue to grow and improve so hit share like subscribe do it now people please don't forget to hit us up on twitter at with johnners underscore pod you can find us on instagram as well at wrestling with johnners and of course the facebook group just go out and search wrestling with johnners we'll be back again next week with more nxt and nxt uk action and a full recap of the shows including tony storm defending her nxt uk women's championship against kaylee ray we spoke about that uh, a short while ago we'll also be giving you our thoughts on uh, the evolve 10th anniversary show uh, fight for the fallen and of course our extreme rules predictions so uh, with all of that to look forward to 
thank you very much for listening and in the meantime have yourself a good weekend and speak to you all again soon <laughs>